Welcome to Table Talk, a place for honest conversations and getting to meet friends. My name is Betsy Thompson, and I'm very excited and so thankful to get to be here with Jonathan Morrison and Dr. Denny Autry have joined me today. It's our first time with two people. Thanks so, for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Super glad y'all are going to come, and Sorry we're going to get to chat today. Um, if you've been watching Table Talk and listening to Table Talk, and if you haven't, you can always go back and catch those episodes. We are going through talking to everyone on our pastor search team, and today we get to talk to two of the staff members that are on that pastor search team. Um, hopefully you have gotten to see Dr. Denny and Jonathan running around Sagemont doing their amazing things that they do, but you might not have ever got to really get to know them. Or even if you've known them for years, hopefully you'll learn something new about them today. So I'm so thankful that y'all are hanging out. It's going to be really fun. So the first thing, just super basic question. Uh, just tell me about your family. Let people know what's your family, Jonathan, you can go first. Yeah. Um, so family, I'm married to Savannah. Uh, she helps lead ladies night out. So the ladies know her well, and we've been married uh, a little over 10 years. We have three beautiful girls, Eden, Everly, Eden's five, Everly's four, and Eleanor is four, no, three months, three months old. She's so she's so going on four squishy. months. <laughs> and she is the easiest, happiest baby. She pick her up and she just smiles at you. Yep. So it's she's the best. The, they're they're our our joy in life. We love them dearly, and uh, yeah, that's my that's my yeah. immediate family. Tell us your parents because some people that's a cool stage yeah, connection. Kevin and Terry Morrison. They've been here for forever. Literally, my dad has been here since the doors open. Yeah. You know, brother John loved to tell that story about my dad. Uh, the first time they ever met, he he pastor gave a, an altar call and. Little Kevin, nine-year-old Kevin Morrison came forward, gave his life to the Lord, and was baptized. So he was the first salvation and baptism here in the history of the church. So, so cool. Yeah, we we our, our roots go deep yes. here at Sagemont. I love that. I yeah. love again. We see it over and over. The generational blessings that are at Sagemont Church, indeed, is really cool. Indeed. I love that. I love that. Doctor Denny, family. Well, something some people might not know about Jonathan. What is that? His dad served as a minister of youth at Alta Vista Baptist Church where I pastored. So I've known Jonathan since he was three years old. Oh, that's okay? so fun. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So we go back. We that's go back really cool. Yeah. So That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, my wife is Angela. Yes. She's in the music ministry. She's in Life Touch Bible Study. She's uh, been uh, my best friend, confidant, um, fan. She takes notes of all my messages, even though I've preached them before. She takes them again and says, you didn't get this right. And, <laughs> Uh, but uh, we've been married. This is our 47th year, and uh, we have three daughters. They're all up and gone, married. Uh, each have uh, wonderful son-in-loves, which is we call our son-in-laws. And we have six grandchildren, two apiece for each, each girl. Boy and a girl, boy and a girl, boy and a girl. There you and go. So they made it nice and organized they did. for y'all. They really did. They're so, so precious. Yeah. And I love... Listen, he loves his grandkids so well. <laughs> and I hear that all the time. Grandkids are the best, but I know you and Angela love those grandkids yeah, so, so yeah. well. Um, okay, so that's family. Uh, share just about your salvation story. How did you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Denny, you can go first this time. Well, I'm a preacher's kid and the son of a preacher's kid. So I've grown up in church. Uh, my dad <clears throat> pastored all of my life. Uh, my grandfather was a uh, pastor prior to that, a longtime denominational leader, uh, served in uh, denominational work in Louisiana and in the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, he was director of evangelism for the Home Mission Board, which is now the North American Mission Board, for 10 years back in the 60s. Mm -hmm. 
So I've just grown up in church, around church, and uh, I made a profession of faith at the age of seven. A lot of people do that. A lot mm -hmm. of kids do that. Um, and I wanted to go to heaven. My grandfather was preaching a revival in my dad's church. Well, he preached on hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so to the best of my ability, I, I, you know, nobody wants to go to hell. I'm the oldest of three children. I made a profession of faith. My dad baptized me. But I struggled internally uh, as I was growing up in high school and then into college about my relationship with the Lord. And as a result of that, I made a number of rededications. Mm -hmm. I'd always rededicate my life, rededicate my life. Youth camp, the youth revival, youth camp, rededicate my life. Uh, never was confident in my personal relationship. And uh, when I got through, uh, almost finished with college, the Lord began to deal with me in a really strong way. And I was under conviction about my relationship with the Lord, how I had lived in college and how I knew I was supposed to live. And those didn't match. And so for a couple of years, I just really struggled with, and no one knows, knew what that was going on other than inside. Angela had some ideas that there was uh, some issues. She didn't know quite what it was. But at the age of 26, I made a, I would say, a, a commitment that I never look back on again. I really feel like that was when I received Christ as my personal Savior. I was a lost church member mm -hmm. and had served well and knew all the answers, but I didn't have a personal relationship. I didn't have the presence of God in my life. I didn't have a peace that surpasses all understanding, as Scripture says. And so when I came to know the Lord in a revival service in Pasadena, Texas, never looked back, and it's been a wonderful experience of serving the Lord. So I know what it means to be a lost church member, but I also know what it means to be an individual who has lived out in a worldly setting uh, at college and uh, did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. So I feel like I have uh, the ability to speak to both lost people outside the church and lost people inside the church. And yeah. I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I love that. I love your heart for that. I see it often. Jonathan. Yeah. Um, not too unlike Denny. I mean, he said, you know, he's known me since I was three, you know, in, in the church. And I, I literally was, was born into a church setting and, uh, you know, I'd always grown up knowing about Jesus and hearing about Jesus and, you know, hearing, hearing the Bible taught in my life. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until I was 11. Uh, my dad and I were traveling to South Texas in his green Ford Ranger. And we, we just had a spiritual conversation and cool. he started asking me about my relationship with Jesus and if I was a sinner and if I knew that and it all it all kind of made sense in that moment and I felt I felt the heaviness of the Holy Spirit in the truck and I was broken I was brought to tears I was um, uh, the weight of my sin was heavy and uh, I gave my life to the Lord in the truck on the way down to to do some deer hunting but kind of like Denny you know it didn't it didn't fully make sense for me until I was probably around 16. Mm -hmm. Um, in high school, and um, that's when I knew what it kind of really meant to choose a godly path, because, you know, those are pivotal moments for you. Uh, around that age, you start driving, and you have, mm -hmm. you can make choices of, of good influences or bad influences, and um, I, I knew I wanted to follow the Lord, and so that's, I, I would say that was when I really, truly committed my life to walking in a in a godly fashion, and 
you know, our, our salvation story doesn't end just there That's in right. that one moment, but it, it's worked out throughout your life, even even to this day. Mm-hmm. You know, even as a, a professional Christian, if you will, a pastor, uh, God is still upholding. Jesus is still upholding my salvation to this very moment. Mm-hmm. And so I look how he's ordered my steps through my salvation experience and through my commitment to him and choosing to walk in a godly manner. All the things that he's opened up for me, I, you know, I was a missionary. And so, you know, all, all of those things that, that I went through in life lead me to a place now to where I'm on staff here and married to my my spouse, Savannah, and our children. And you just you look at all the, the things and how God has orchestrated them. And they only make sense um, under his will and under his wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. my story. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, OK, so you kind of started your Sagemont story with your dad was here and then um tell a little bit more about just your personal sagemont story yeah i mean sagemont's pretty much all i've known um you know grew, grew up hearing brother john you know as my pastor and um i was really too young to remember alta vista where where, where denny was but uh yeah i mean um th- this is all i've ever known and you know i you know, I felt called to ministry through a mission trip that I went on here at Sagemont. And, um, you know, I was brought up under under West and Keith and, yeah. you know, uh, Keith Smith, uh, youth ministers at the time. And so um, just seeing how the Lord worked through relationships and um, friendships and uh, just how he orchestrated my life to end up being in ministry was um, Dave, David Walker. It was a, a longtime member here. Um, he he asked me to go on a mission trip to Ethiopia, and that mm-hmm. that that trip changed the course yeah. of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I um, it was it was through an experience with a group of Sagemont folks in a foreign land where um, I ended up having a conversation with a Muslim man on the street, mm-hmm. and his profession of faith meant, you know. Expulsion from his family, possibly being kicked out of his village. He even brought up the word death, but he said he was willing to follow mm-hmm. this Jesus. And I call it my my moment from the Lord where he said, this is your new direction in life is mm-hmm. ministry and missions and gospel sharing. And um, I really never looked back. Yeah. And so and it's come full circle um, with being asked to serve on staff here. Yeah. Uh, for for almost a decade now, um, but I, I get one of the, one of the, one of the most my most favorite parts of my my role is I get to take people to experience what I first experienced right. on my first trip, mm-hmm. and you see you see the light bulb come on. You 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 introduce a new perspective on life, uh, how people don't live the way we do. You you people get to see a an environment where the gospel is oppressed mm-hmm. and not available places where our King Jesus is not worshiped and not real to a people. And um, when you have the honor to take the gospel into a place uh, where it's never been before, there's no greater feeling on the planet. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's my Sagemont story. I've, I love it. I grew up here and now I'm serving here and uh, this is home. This is family. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
it's yeah. it's hard to think of life outside of being connected with Sagemont because right. it's been a part of my whole life. Yeah. And I would say if you're watching and you're like, I didn't know Sagemont had mission trips or man, I've always thought about it, but I haven't ever taken the step to go on one. Reach out to Jonathan. I mean, they're available. You can go on them. They're amazing. It's a, just a life-changing experience to get to go across the world to another place or, or down the street sometimes. But, yeah, just to get to share. We're leaving in a few days to Southeast Asia. It's going to be good. You're going with me yeah, this, this summer. summer. Yeah, this summer. Yeah, some really exciting trips. So don't think you can't do that. Indeed. You can do that. You can do that. Uh, Dr. Jenny, Sagemont. My Sagemont story is uh, unique and wonderful. Um, Angela and I have been members since 2004 for 19 years. But prior to that, uh, I have, I would say, two pastoral mentors. Dr. John Bassanio mm -hmm. at First Baptist Church Houston, Dr. John Morgan, Sagemont Church, mm. Sagemont. Uh, those two men were just uh, integral parts of my life growing up. They were both good friends of my dad, who was also in ministry in the Houston area. Uh, John Bassanio and my dad were dear friends, spent a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. So I, I always called Brother John Bassanio, Big John first, and uh, he would always call me back. It could be 11 o'clock at night, but he would call me back. And through my youth ministry and in my early pastorates, he was just uh, my go-to person. Mm -hmm. And then as I got into seminary, um, and when in, involved in youth work, that's when I met Emery Gad, I met Chuck Snyder, I met John Wills, uh, and those guys became dear friends in ministry. Mm -hmm. And I used uh, Emery in most of my youth ministry churches I was involved cool. in. Uh, Chuck and John, we all went to Southwestern Seminary at Houston Baptist University together in the 80s. Uh, and that's when I really began to plug in to Brother John Morgan and moved into my first pastorate. And um, as I left my youth ministry, I've been involved in youth ministry for five years at Alta Vista Baptist Church in Pasadena. I came to Brother John Morgan. I said, uh, what would you suggest I do? What would be your suggestion to me as uh, a, just a new pastor? He said, preach, <clears throat> preach Jesus and knock on doors. Hmm. And so I took my first church, and that's exactly what I did. I, I, we just uh, we were coming from an evangelistic church. I'd seen a lot of young people saved in my ministry and uh, continued that in my pastorate. And uh, again, as I had questions, I'd call John Morgan or John Bassanio. Uh, and so when I was called to Southwestern Seminary as the dean of the Houston campus, mm -hmm. it was a no-brainer for me. We were moving back to Houston. I never thought I would be back in Houston. Uh, we would be members at Sagemont. Mm -hmm. So we came very first Sunday. Um, Emory greeted us at the door, gave me a big hug. We went to the Discovery class mm -hmm. with he and Skip Smith for five weeks, and we were members. And that was 2004, and I've been in part ever since. I love that. Yeah. I love that so, so much. Um, just Dr. Dean, just because some people might not know this about you, you are a lead pastor, but then you also have had the very unique experience of being an interim pastor for many churches many times. Right. How many times have you been an interim pastor? Thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> Thirteen times. Yeah. That's a very unique gifting. Yeah. Most of those interims, uh, the, the minimum was 10 months, maximum 16 months. Uh, normally when a church in the Houston area would be without a pastor, uh, they'd call the seminary and say, right. do we have somebody who could supply a preach or somebody who could be our interim? Mm -hmm. And so we'd use one of our professors. Well, as the dean, I was normally the first call. And, um, uh, 
John Massano again, he did a lot of interims after he retired from First Baptist Church. And when he couldn't do an interim, he would tell the church, call Denny Autry. <laughs> so that's what uh, yes. really opened up a lot of doors for me to be interim. What John couldn't do, then I did. And it was just a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Well, and it's such a blessing here at Sagemont as we walk through a transitional season that you've walked through transitional seasons over and over and over again from a different perspective than you're in now. But you bring such knowledge of just how that's gone well, how that hasn't gone well. And right. so um, I think it's great for people to know that wealth of knowledge you bring. Well, it's, 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 it's also interesting to see as I walk through the hallways to see, oh, that couple was at that interim and that couple was at that interim. And so, yeah. so we have had a number of folks come from the different interims around the city to Sagemont. Yeah. And so that's been fun to see yeah. as well. Which is really fun. Okay. So you uh, both have been here on staff almost 10 years here since 04 and on staff the what three two years, years? Two, years. two years okay um and uh y'all see dr denny preaching on sunday mornings you see jonathan doing announcements doing mission trips teaching different things like that but uh i asked them each to bring at least one fact that they thought maybe nobody would know that at least would be a new and different fact so i'm curious they're going to share them and then i want y'all to let us know did you know that? Because <laughs> I'm curious. I don't know that I know what these are. So, Jonathan, what's your new interesting fact? How, how many do you want? Well, just give me one right now. Well, um... You have that many? I, I love to work in the flower bed. Okay. I'm, I'm a gardener. That's so. true. And let me tell you, if you drive past his house, I thought they had a yard person. I was like, <laughs> oh, me. they get a yard guy. <laughs> no, That's so right. I'm, always, I'm always outside tinkering in the yard. So That's I. Fun. It's 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 how my mind shuts off, and I love to be outside and dig in the dirt yeah. and see the you see the fruit of your labor because yeah. flowers come up and yeah, it looks great. Uh, yeah, so that that's that's, that's one fun. Simple. I have heard that if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. If you work with your hands, Sabbath with your brain, mm -hmm. and you work with your brain, so it's mm -hmm. good to Sabbath it with is. your it's hands. Great. There you go. Yeah. Denny? Uh, I work in the yard uh, at least every three months, whether it needs it or not. <laughs> <laughs> I can come help. Right. Jonathan's no, like, I, I'll come over. I, I agree. I, I do uh, like working in the yard and uh, spend time there. But um, being in the pastorate, I, I didn't take my first mission trip uh, until 1990. And since then, I've had the opportunity to preach in uh, 16 different countries. Wow. And I've also preached now in 29 different states. Cool. So that's just uh, one of the things. I just love preaching and teaching and having the opportunity to share the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And the Lord's opened up a lot of opportunities for me to do yeah, that. Which is so, really fun. Yeah. I will tell you, one of my favorite stories about Denny is... Um, he is in the, does a lot in the Connection Center, which is where people come if they have questions about the Lord or um, just want to sit and have conversations. And uh, he had the privilege of leading someone to meet the Lord. And when he came out and told us about it, y'all, he had tears in his eyes. Mm. It was like every every single time. It it's it's unique and individual, yeah. and it's just such a neat thing that it's like you've been doing this for years and had that opportunity hundreds of times, but every single time, it, you're like this is you feel the weight of what yeah. it is. Well, uh, yeah, and being a, you know being a church member, 
and being a Christian are two different things. True. So I, I try to identify with where people think and where they are, what, what's going on in their life. So mm-hmm. it takes me back every time to that salvation experience. I'm just so grateful for God's gift of grace to me. So Yeah, yeah. I love that about yeah. you. What's another fun fact for you? Because I have one. You have one about me? Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what the people know about you. No. I was um, it, it interested me when I found out. Um, I, I love to cook as well. Oh, I do know that. It's uh, delicious. I was arrested. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, but wait, in another country for preaching the gospel? Yeah. Okay, that's caveat. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been arrested in, in, yeah. a, in another country for preaching the gospel. Yeah. So. That was That's a real, I need to have Jonathan on just to talk about all of that because those are so yeah, those, we could, we they're could so cool. Yeah, for we sure. could all day. Sure. I didn't realize that you buy old trucks and fix them up. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I buy old old trucks that have been wrecked and fix them up yeah. and sell them, and it's another little side hobby that I like to do. Yeah, yeah. it's really cool. Yeah, I think it's really really fun. Uh, Denny, any other? Interesting facts. Yeah, here's one probably no one would know. Uh, many of you know I went to Milby High School, which is close. Okay, yes. but uh, while I was a senior in high school, I did receive a ticket for doing 70 and a 35 and contest of speed. I was racing. Oh. Contest of speed. Contest is that what speed. it means? Yeah. You doubled the I speed limit. I doubled the speed limit and got a ticket for contest of speed. Contest so it was, yeah, it wasn't good. Do you have it framed in your office? No, I don't. No. Thank goodness. Right? Yes. That is uh, something else probably most of you do know about Dr. Autry, but if you do not, he is a little bit of an Astros fan. Yes. Jonathan is too. I am, yes. They both are, are. but um, Dr. <clears throat> Denny's office is... A museum of memorabilia. Astros memorabilia. Yeah, sure. You should come up just to see exactly. it. Just a tour. Yeah, you have to get permission to walk <laughs> through. But he There's a special it. key, too. It's called, it's called Astro Avenue. It is. It has a whole title, so you can do that for sure. Um, okay, so y'all know we're in this season at Sagemont where we really are focusing on prayer mm. and wanting to be purposeful with prayer. And so um, I just wanted to ask both of you just, what does your personal prayer time look like right now? And um, just for that to be an encouragement to us and maybe a tool or something you're doing to make sure that's part of your walk with the Lord? Mm. Well, that's always been a struggle uh, for many, many years for me. Uh, But I realized early on in my pastorate that preaching prepares your head for the content you're going to present, but prayer prepares your heart. Mm. And it's through that prayer encounter and that experience with the Lord that the anointing of God's Spirit comes. Uh, I'm a detail person. I love to study. I love to make sure that my outline is in order and I want to make sure I get all the details, scriptures and illustrations together. And I became so um, concerned about the format of that, that oftentimes I overlook just letting the power of God speak through His Word. And so I've come to a point of saying, I'm just going to prepare my head, prepare my heart through prayer. So about 21 years ago, we were having a revival setting with Life Action Ministries out of Buchanan, Michigan. And uh, I was challenged by one of the pastors in the group to begin to read the Psalms on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And uh, he challenged us basically to take the day of the week and read that Psalm and then add 30 to it. And by that method, you could read through the entire book of Psalms in one month. For this, for example, this morning I read Psalm 6, and then 36, 66, and 96, and I try to 
find one of those that I really want to meditate on. Well, today's meditation has been on Psalms 96. Mm. Sing a new song to the Lord. Mm. Uh, sing a reminder of the song to the Lord. And then it, it, it's just a picture of uh, basically the Great Commission. Mm. Let the nations rejoice as, as the gospel goes out. So I just kind of focus on the Psalms because I found in praying the Psalms back to the Lord, David's heart was up and his heart was down and his heart was up and his heart was down. He faced all kinds of emotions. He faced all kinds of circumstances. But the scripture says he was a man who had a heart after God. Mm. And if you can stay in the Psalms and allow the ups and downs to not get you down, uh, that's the way I do it. So that's I try to pray back the Psalms to the Lord. I love that. You told me that method maybe a year or two ago, and I've done that and spent a whole month doing that. And it is really cool the way it lines up and that you can walk through that. So. Yeah, there are it's five. A, there are five books in Psalms. They're they're bro- broken down in the 150 Psalms. Each one is a book, and it, you'll be surprised as you read through one here, and then the 30 30 more chapters here, another book here. They all kind of mm-hmm. meet together, and yeah. you'll be reading through Psalms 33, and boy, that matches with Psalm 63, which matches with Psalm 69, and then 123. It's amazing. Yeah. It's fun, and yeah. God's word is just uh, so delightful to go through. Yeah. And then when you get to the 31st of the month, you read Psalms 19 because it has 176 right. verses. So it's just a lot of fun to do it. And I've, uh, Psalms, the 31st of the month is always good because it reminds you how important the Word of God is mm-hmm. all yeah. the time. So, And I think that's so cool that when we're talking about prayer is God's Word is such a beautiful thing to pray. That's right. Not just to read, just but to pray. Exactly right. And so if you ever get stuck, and you're like, what do I pray? Just pray the Word pray back God's to Word. it. Exactly. Yeah. So. I love that. Yeah. Jonathan. I hate to be a broken record here, but mm-hmm. I do something very similar. Mm-hmm. I let I let the scripture drive my prayer life. That's awesome. And so whatever whatever I'm in, um, it's because we we as as people, at least us as as ministers, uh, usually listening isn't our, our our greatest uh, tool in the, in the shed. <laughs> and so um, I, I think we 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 like to do a lot of talking to God and yeah. and not enough listening. Uh, and so I, I, love, I love to meditate on whatever scripture I'm in and then hear from God. What are, what, what are you speaking to me? And then pray out of that scripture back to God, because it's, it's him literally speaking to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's so important in our time with the Lord for him to for us to be able to hear from him on a daily basis. Um, it, it's real. Like I said, it's real easy for us to talk. Sure. Uh, but for example, you know, we've. In our in our connect group, we've been teaching through Luke. I think we've been in it for seventy something weeks now. So we're we're in Luke nineteen, and I just taught on the triumphal entry. And so, for example, you know, thanking God that He comes right. as a lowly sacrifice. I mean, you you think about His coronation as a king. It's probably the most hypocritical coronation right. ever because you have the fickleness and the superficiality of the people and the worship of Him as He's coming in. And he ends up rebuking them, but thanking him that he's come as that sacrifice for us, not to deliver us physically, but something far greater and to mm-hmm. deliver us spiritually. So I thank him for that. Yeah. You know, and I say, help me not to be like the ones in the crowd yeah. who just a few days later are crying, crucify him, mm-hmm. crucify him. And so um, that that's kind of how my yeah. prayer life is is guided by 
the scripture or whatever I'm studying or going through. That's just literally what how, how I get it from God yeah. and what I speak back to him. Yeah. I have a hard time praying for myself, you know, because I, I don't uh, I don't know. It's, I yeah. don't know what it is, but it, uh, I, I just I, I love just Lord, do your will in and through that's me, awesome. you know, yeah. um, and in my family. And obviously I ask for things at times, but yeah. uh I think if we're hearing from him and then speaking back to him, what we're learning from what we hear is, mm. is, a, is a great way to structure your time with the Lord. Yeah. Yes. I love that. That's yeah. awesome. Both of you. Now, I will just say as we're closing out, um, thank you all for being a part of the pastor search team. Um, I know it's afternoon. It's time. It's energy. It's mental, emotional, all those kinds of things. We're, we're the B team. Whatever. <laughs> Y'all are in there doing we don't, the thing. We don't, we don't vote. We just sit and listen and, and uh, try to encourage you. Yeah. Which is a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, I know y'all are doing a wonderful job we're being a part, to of, be that. A part yeah. of it. Yeah. For sure. So I appreciate y'all being in there. Thank you. And um, I would also like to say thank you, Dr. Autry, for wearing your A&M shirt today. <laughs> I'm sure he did that very purposely just for me. I did that to remind you that my daughter and my mother with See, <laughs> there you go. My dad would say the same thing. Exactly. <laughs> hey, y'all, thanks for hanging out. Uh, if you see Jonathan and Dr. Denny in the hallways, please stop. Tell them thank you. Take them to lunch. <laughs> Take them out to coffee. Jonathan's a bougie coffee drinker. You like fancy. Not like frou-frou, but like good. I like black coffee. Right, but yeah. it's like the good. I like, don't want anything in it. Right. He's likes his coffee. I'm easy. I like him. <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> Y'all don't take him to I McDonald's. I don't want to go to McDonald's. No. <laughs> Latte from McDonald's. French, French vanilla. It's fine. Go. Okay. Y'all got their orders. Okay. Black coffee, French vanilla. Y'all, thanks for hanging out with thanks me today. I appreciate Thank it. Y'all are doing an amazing Thank job. Y'all continue praying for them and that pastor search team. Join us on the next Table Talk. We'll see you then. God bless.